0: Welcome into the Super Bowl edition of the Chris Collinsworth podcast starring the one and only Richard Sherman. And we have a fantastic show for you here today. Not only Richard Sherman, but John Gruden. And it is going to be special. You're going to remember a lot of things out of this podcast. Hopefully who to pick in the game as well. But uh, we are presented by our good friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The only place to go for all the big game festivities. This week you can use the promo code PFF. When you sign up for a chance to double your money, if a touchdown is scored this weekend, there might be 20 touchdowns scored this weekend, but there should be at least one so you can double your money. And we're going to talk about uh, some Super Bowl prop bets later on in the show with the one, the only George Shahuri. That's going to be a lot of fun. I wonder how many of those I would lose along the way. I'm usually not very good at that. But first we are going straight to the discussion. The only man to beat Patrick Mahomes this season is our guest for our Super Bowl podcast, the one, only, Mr. John Gruden. Here we go. I am pumped up, not only for the Super Bowl, as we are always getting a little excited about the Super Bowl, but putting a magical combination together. Richard, when you and I were talking a little bit about, okay, if we had a dream scenario for who we would like to have as our guest for this Super Bowl show... This was the easiest choice in the history of choices. I have the only guy that actually beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Should have beat them a second time. I called that game. I went down to the last 30 seconds, and Mahomes hits Kelsey in the back of the end zone with 30 seconds to go. And also played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And his offensive line that week of that game, we were supposed to call that game, too. His offensive line couldn't practice, couldn't even show up in the building until Saturday with the COVID crisis going on. Who better than the once voice of Monday Night Football, current voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, and our good buddy out there, John Gruden? John, what the hell's going on? Not much, man. You talk
1: about a dream oof. How about Richard Sherman and Chris Collins who were doing this interview? I know. I better put
0: my seatbelt down, brother. Good to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about here now, not even to mention the fact that uh, you now have a new defensive coordinator and uh, Gus Bradley that we're all very excited about. And that's Richard's former coach. I know that.
2: And uh, what, the first two years, right? First two first years, Richard? Two years. Yep. First two years. First should have been first Pro Bowl year, first all pro year, 2012, eight picks. That's runs a hell of a scheme. Oh, here we go. Now, John, not that any
0: of this could be um, construed as uh, as sending out a resume or anything, but <laughs> it's possible Richard's available. But I know there's tampering rules out there, and I don't want to bring up anything that might create a problem for you because I know you've been you've been fined a few shekels over the years. Yes,
1: I have. I've been fined, I've been punished very, very harshly. But, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, if you are a free agent, which there is a rumor you are, uh, we are looking for an alpha presence in our secondary, somebody that can play this Hawk three press technique with the read step. Uh, if you're available and interested, maybe you and I can get together at some point off air. From
2: yeah, there's a conversation to be had for sure. Um, you know, I am, I am free and available these days. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, but, uh, that scheme is, you know, that Gus runs um, and he runs it more than anybody else. You know, it, it, there are some coaches, you know, that dabble in and dabble out and go man and go zone and, and go quarters and go there. Gus lives in it. You know, Gus lives and dies by an eight man box. You're not going to be able to run the ball and we don't stop the pass. And um, and that's 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 he's like one of the godfathers of it. You know, it's, it's him, Pete, DQ, you know, Chris Richard, they're all in there. Um, and so you're going to get the originators. What I like
1: about not only getting Gus is I think one of the secrets to to what we did is we also got Richard Smith, the linebacker coach who's been with Gus the last four years and a great secondary coach who was also with Gus in L.A. with the Chargers and Ron Milas. We also got their quality control guy, their assistant secondary coach. (laughs) You guys both know sometimes you have these staffs, whether it's a defensive staff or an offensive staff, and they're all learning the system and they all interpret the system differently. But when you have four or five guys that have been working together for five years, that's really uncommon in the NFL. You might think you can be caught three with this player, that play, but they know where all the skeletons are. And they know how to hold off a lot of these plays. And it's just, uh, I think, very unique and exciting for us to get a guy like Gus who I've worked with before in Tampa and uh, get his assistants that have been with them Problem solving over the last four years. And believe me, we got to solve a lot of problems with this guy Mahomes in our division.
0: Right. I, I mean, like I'm on a dating app or something. This is this
1: match.com <laughs> or
0: what? This sounds
1: like a perfect match here. Uh, hey, tell your son, uh, he's doing a heck of a job as a color commentator. You know, if we don't start winning some games here, I might
0: be looking for an analyst gig again. So what a good word. When, when you went back to coaching, it opened up a couple of jobs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, they, uh, did, they man, threw a few is... people in the booth and tried it out after that. <laughs> it
0: just... Hey, the, the one you got to worry about, the, the other guy on this broadcast right now, this Richard Sherman guy is pretty strong. I, I'm just going to tell you now, if you're ever looking for another general manager or a club president, I throw out different scenarios to him every week. He's unbelievable. This is the greatest GM I've ever met.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that because well, I don't like the to... That's a
0: great, uh, that's a great
1: uh, I think, uh, ambition, certainly. But w- if you get Richard Sherman focused on a job like that, he could be, no doubt, a great leader for one of these NFL teams. I, I'm anxious to see what you do when your career is over. But let's not
2: rush yourself into that yet. Let's <laughs> right right we're not rushing into retirement.
0: i feel no, like but... i'm breaking news here right now. you guys are engaged already. this is <laughs> all right let's let's do this. let's do this. all right I, we we got to talk a little bit before we get into the Super Bowl about the, uh, the Uber trade of the week. Now, this one, we all knew Matthew Stafford was going to get some attention, right? You don't have a 33-year-old quarterback who has the kind of numbers, the kind of arm strength that he puts forward and all that sort of stuff. But this happened fast. And apparently, there were a lot of teams that were in on the whole uh, Matthew Stafford deal. And Jared Goff ends up going to Detroit and Stafford. Ends up going to the Rams just a couple of years, really, after A, he takes them to the Super Bowl, and B, he signs this monster contract with them. And John, I, just your first impression when you heard that deal two ones and a three, and Stafford coming to the Rams and golf going to Detroit. Yeah, I was
1: surprised. You know, I, I, I thought it was player for player is what I initially thought, but. You know, when you throw in two first-round picks and a third-round pick, that's a lot of compensation. But during this COVID presence that we have, no offseason, obviously the Rams feel they have a great defense. They feel like they've got a very good skills set on offense. They probably feel like they're a playmaker away at quarterback from winning Super Bowls. And I think they went all in on Stafford. I was shocked at the compensation, honestly. But I'm, I'm really surprised with what the Rams have been able to do. They give Todd Gurley a big contract. A year later, he's gone. They give Brandon Cooks a huge contract. A year later, he's gone. They give Jared Goff a huge contract. A year later, he's gone. Uh, they obviously have a very interesting uh, stack. <laughs> they have a, an owner, obviously, that, that, that allows a lot of these things to happen. So.
0: You know, they're going to go seven straight years, Richard, seven straight years without a number one pick. I've see, never heard of anything. like That's like George Allen back in with the Redskins or something.
2: See, but I, I don't disagree with that strategy. I, I, I really agree with that strategy because I think sometimes in some ways, first rounders are overvalued um, because some teams value them so much. They almost value them more than actual, you know, established players. And that's where I disagree. And I think, the Rams have done a great job drafting in later rounds and they've gotten running backs. Like they got a, a starting caliber running back in, in uh, acres. They've gotten um, starting DBs um, out of the draft. They've gotten uh, backup D Um They've gotten, they've gotten some complimentary pieces throughout the draft process that weren't first rounders, but are contributing in, in huge ways. And I think they're, I don't know how they're doing it financially. I don't know how they're doing it under the cap. You know, I don't know how they're manipulating the numbers and, and dipping here and, you know, I, but you're going to have to pay the piper one day, you know, and that's what the, the saints are running into. Now they're going to have to pay the piper. Now, you know, they're, they're manipulating days and chasing the ring days are, are, are going to going to take a turn at this point, you know, and maybe, maybe Sean Payton's able to keep it together and keep pushing it. But, but I, I don't know how they're able to take the number one and number two biggest dead cap hits in NFL history on the same team in, in the same year. Like, They're the team that's done it both years in a row, like the biggest in history. I think it's 20 million now and 21 million before, et cetera. And I I don't understand how it's going on, honestly.
0: John, give me just a little bit of a story now on what this might mean for Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, they don't have to trade him. But if I'm with the Texans and I just watch this deal go down, right? And Deshaun Watson, and I know how much you love PFF, so I won't get into this too much, but we have five, we have, we have five top five quarterbacks in the NFL, Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, and Allen. Those were our four of our five. Stuck right in between them was Watson. So the four quarterbacks in the final four and Deshaun Watson, who ends up on a four win team or whatever they had this year. So, If he somehow becomes available and you just watch the Stafford Goth deal go down for two ones and a three, what the heck is 25 year old Deshaun Watson worth? How many ones you got to give up to get him? You know, that's a great question.
1: I uh, personally look at this like a fantasy world here. Uh, They have a new GM, Houston, who comes from New England. He just went through a year in New England Without Tom Brady, I think he has a pretty good idea how important Deshaun Watson is to the Texans. I don't think there's any way in the world they trade Deshaun Watson. And if they did, the compensation is going to be kind of like, you'll be at the Rams. You'll have to give up seven number one you never draft again. <laughs> uh, I just think there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, Deshaun's a great player. He's a great kid. I'm sure he's very emotional right now. And uh, for a number of reasons on and off the field. And I got a lot of confidence in him that he's going to be a great quarterback for a long time in Houston. He's already signed that contract and it'll be a big part of that rebuild.
0: Richard, what do you think? How many is it going to take?
2: Well, you know how they, 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 you know, it would cause a stir when I said they shouldn't give multiples um, the jets. And the reason I said that is because he has the no trade clause. Like if, I just don't know what the alternative is. You know, if, if he says, Hey, you got somebody's offering six first rounders for him. And he says, no, I'm not, I don't want to go to that team. You know, what, what does that mean for the Houston, Texans? If he says, I don't want to go to that team and I'm not showing up for the season. And does their compensation, if he does that go down, you know, what, what happens if he actually holds out and says, I'm not showing up, the most important player on the field, you know, for a new, first year head coach is that really what you want to risk is you want to risk your starting quarterback not going out there on day one with a brand new coach and giving him a chance or do you want to and then you're not going to get the draft picks this year you know then you don't you don't get to start the rebuild they're already in a rebuild um with a great young quarterback who gives you a chance but if he's saying he doesn't want to be there and you're not allowing him to be happy so he you'd rather him be unhappy here i mean they it happened in houston in basketball they tried it to keep an unhappy player in a place he didn't want to be. And you see what James Harden did in in the NBA, you know, which is a different league and they have a different way, different control, different power structure. But I don't see a a, a reality if he's truly unhappy and he's not going to show up where he stays in Houston.
0: I mean, I never thought I would get to the point because I I always sort of felt like until you get your quarterback – it doesn't matter what the rest of the team is, right? I mean, that's that's really the rules are all geared around the passing game. And, you know, <laughs> although John may be my exception this year, his offense is flying up and down the field. They're scoring all kinds of points. <laughs> and they can't get off the field for anything. I'm like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. That Miami game, I almost fell out of bed watching that thing. I, I, I literally could not believe how that, that thing ended this year. But hopefully, you guys get this thing back together. But, John, it just feels like we're in new territory here with the compensation. If somebody thinks a quarterback is worth it, and it had to be stunning for some of these teams that now are going after Watson. No doubt. And I hope you
1: guys keep stirring this up. I'd love to see Deshaun Watson get traded to the NFC. If you get him the heck out of the AFC, I'd be happy. But I got traded myself. and the compensation was what it was. Um, if you want Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to give up players and picks, and you're going to have to give up real good players and a lot of high draft picks. I don't think we disagree on that.
2: No, I, but but my question is, what do you think happens if he if he nixes the trade? Like if he says, "Hey, uh, I don't know um, the the Jacksonville Jaguars." You know, I'm just throwing out a random team offer crazy amounts of picks and everything, and and he just says, I'm not going there. You know, what happens if he's unhappy in Houston and he will not be traded to certain teams? He won't be traded to only two or three teams, and that gives them power and gives them control, and they won't offer what what Houston's looking for. Do you just keep him and leave him unhappy and make him play?
1: I I would trust David Coley personally. They hired him. He's a great coach. He's a great guy. You know, I would just let time heal a lot of problems. It usually does. I would let David Coley and his staff and his team try to, you know, get to Deshaun and the people that are with Deshaun to try to handle this emotionally and maturely. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen. But uh, right now, it's it's gaining a lot of steam. It's gaining a lot of I don't know rumors out there. You don't know what to believe. But uh, I just got to focus on the Las Vegas Raiders. We got work to do.
2: The Raiders. <laughs>
0: Let, let's get into just a little bit. Um, John, just briefly on the Raiders. Um, you guys have done a lot of great things. It, clearly Derek Carr had one of his better years. Uh, you guys have added some weapons on the on the outside uh, as well. Aguilar, go figure you guys turn Aguilar into one of the great deep threats in the league and Henry Ruggs getting drafted and and the, the you know the whole thing. How close do you feel like you are? Because you guys did put up points. Uh, your defense has been an issue since you got there. And is it just a matter of, man, if we could just hold them to 25 or less here, we, we got a chance?
1: I think it's a little bit more than that. You know, we've got a great kicker, Carlson, broke Janikowski's record. we got a good punter. We've got a good offense. Our quarterback has mastered our system. We can move the ball on the ground with Josh Jacobs, and we can throw it. And Darren Waller has emerged as a superstar. He's a joker. He can line up anywhere. Defensively, we're very young. Uh, We are looking for these alphas. That's why I talked to Sherman. He knows what I'm talking about. We need a couple alpha presence presence on our defense that not only can talk and communicate and lead, but can also make plays. Uh, It all starts up front. You know, we have got to get after the quarterback much, much better. We've got a good pass rusher and, Max Crosby, we've got Cleve Farrell, who was hurt a lot this year, going to be a good player. we got to find an inside presence that can rush in this scheme. And uh, it all starts there. If we can't get after the quarterback, it's going to be a long haul for us. So we're going to look hard to, to uh, generate some players up front. Uh, and I hope the scheme helps a guy like John Abram, who can play down near the line of scrimmage, like Cam Chancellor and Derwin James, who have flourished in Gus Bradley's defense. I just think the style uh, that Gus and his staff are going to bring is going to help develop a lot of these young players. We've got Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, John Abram, three high picks in our secondary. We've got an exciting linebacker here, uh, Corey Littleton, who we brought over from the Rams. So we've got some ingredients, and we have a plan to get some defensive players, and we'll start working that as soon as we're off camera.
2: There you go. He um, started
0: working it on camera a little bit. So there you go.
2: Right, and you guys have a you guys have a ton of talent, and I think that the scheme. I think sometimes on defense you get caught up doing too much. You know, you're jack of all trades, you're master none, and I think that's where where Gus is gonna gonna come in extra handy in his staff. You know, that is important having a staff that's been together and and been, know each other, been through thick and thin, been through all the the twists and turns, and every which way this scheme has been attacked. And you see it because there's only so many ways to attack this scheme, you know. And you see them all. You see them the way they disguise it and, and dress it up, and they get to the same place. Um, but allowing a player like Abram to play fast and to, to understand his gaps and to see the same looks weekend and week out and week in and week out and understand a elephants on the parade. The special's coming. You're the weak side hook. Just open it up and carry the special. The backside corner. The the you know you're to the nub side. The tight end goes under. Pick him up. Drop the drop the linebacker off. It's just, it's quick understanding. It's quick functioning defense. And that's why the holes aren't as big in the defense because you play it so much. You see the same look so much. Everybody knows, hey, we're going to eventually have to push that way. Let's just do it expeditiously. Let's just talk it through. And I think that with young guys, if they're able, that's why an offseason might be more important just, just from just seeing it. You know, it may not even be physically doing it. You know, just seeing the looks and talking the talk and communicating. We get day in and day out, day in and day out, I think will change um, the way you guys play. And obviously Gus knows this division.
1: No doubt. We're excited about it. We are going to get together right after the Super Bowl. All the staff comes back and uh, really, really looking forward to uh, putting the pieces back together on defense. We're going to be much better.
0: I wish I had a heart rate monitor on John Gruden <laughs> when you were explaining that defense and what can and cannot be done with that defense I think you found Alpha number one here we go all
2: right I'm going gonna-
1: <laughs> you really you know you really realize. I remember when I was coaching the Raiders before Chris in 98 we drafted a kid named Woodson out of Michigan uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame but I, I will bet you if you had Charles Woodson sitting here he would tell you, that it was Eric Allen, a former Philadelphia Eagle corner that really helped him become a great pro football player. You have to have that veteran presence, that knowledge, that communication, that daily grind mentality and have a a world championship pedigree goes a long way. So um, we have that on offense. We brought in guys like Rodney Hudson. You know, Derek Carr is a leader at quarterback Uh, and, and defensively, we're we're going to add a few guys that that bring some juice, some some
0: qualities that we need. John, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Richard is something that we were not. He was salutatorian at his <laughs> high school. He was up giving the speech when they were all graduating, while you and I were sitting out in the crowd. I
2: know. <laughs> hey, you yeah. got to you, you try to do get in where you fit in. But <laughs> hey, I'm trying to understand, like, what did you guys do? to Mahomes to, 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 to make it a shootout every week. You know, I mean, I, I feel like you guys played your best ball against the best teams. And I think you guys always like raise the bar. And I think that I, I I have to go back and look at the tape of you guys game. Cause I don't know defensively what exactly you did to contain their weapons because they, they, it wasn't like they were nullified, but they were, weren't as explosive and, and as crazy and going off and as um, off schedule as they usually are.
1: Well, the first game they did score 32 points. I think we beat them 40 to 32. I think we rushed three men uh, quite a bit in the second half. We used to spy on Mahomes. uh, And I think Patrick would tell you he was a little bit too aggressive, tried to get outside the scheme, perhaps a little bit more than he usually does. uh, But we still struggled uh, to contain them. We did get a couple of big sacks. And Jeff Heath had a huge interception on a ball that Mahomes usually doesn't throw. But uh, we were opportunistic when we had to. Eric was, was really hot that day, played a great game. We got a big lead and held on to win. And then in the second game, it was uh, one score after another. It was a track meet, and it was almost like who got the ball last was going to win that football game, and that's just what happened.
0: John, it was interesting watching the first matchup where you guys beat them up there, and it was the big play. You guys hit big plays against them. Uh, in that one, I think it's 75 yarder and another 50 yarder, something like that. Uh, and as I went back and watched the first matchup between these two teams um, when they played in Week 12, that when Tampa was trying to play their man coverage in in the game, it didn't go well. You know, it's almost like, you know, all right, somebody's going to play man coverage and poor Carlton Davis had to play Tyreek Hill one-on-one. And every time they just tried to jump into it, they hit some big play. He had 200 yards in the in the game, 200 yards plus, and there was just no way he's going to keep up with him. And then they switched to a zone the second half. And it went about as you would expect, right? Kelsey going up and down the field and they didn't stop him. But when they got to the red zone, they stopped him. They, so they give up big plays. They switch to a zone. They get down in the red. They, they're, they're screaming up and down the middle of the field. They never stopped them in the middle of the field. But in the red zone, they stopped them. And they and Kansas City's offense didn't look great against that zone defense. And then with sort of the game on the line, they came back, and they ran man-to-man bump and run one more time, and Carlton Davis got beat again by Hill. And I was like, I, you know, it's like they, they solved the puzzle – of how to beat it and then they went right back to the man coverage and got beat really for what turned out to be the game winner. Yeah when you watch San Francisco
1: play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl the year before Richard he was there obviously I didn't see the 49ers play a lot of man-to-man either did you Richard?
2: No no we didn't um it it was it it was third down it it had to be third and less than five you know because you're just not expecting to to bomb and at that point you're leaning to to Tyreek and and you got to stand up you know that's that's NFL football but for the most part, we we kept the top over the defense. You know, we had great underneath droppers. Our linebackers did a great job in the hooks, um, and we we contained everything except like the the play they got on the third and sixteen was just a bust by the corner. You know, it, it, it's the it's the dagger seven. You know, the only them in Seattle are the only ones that that really run it. You know, that feel they have the time to run a damn dagger with the seven cut and hit and hit the seven. And we had worked it in practice. They didn't work it to my side because they knew it on third and sixteen. I'm not even. I'm not even remotely close. Tyreek's at two. I'm over the top of two. I'll be you. You'll catch the dig. Hey, me and Fred will communicate early because you need to be in that hook window and you need to look him up because he's going to run this dig. We, are, we are, there's only two or three plays you got on third and fifteen plus, and that was one of their plays. And it just it you know when our corner got caught up in the moment. You know he got caught up. He's just trying to trying to be sticky in coverage and and um and that's that's what kind of kind of got us those plays late. They got me on a um, we ran a fire zone. And uh, they had been running that inside read, that that deep that deep read curl, twenty yard curl um, that Kansas City runs, and gave me the same exact stem for the for the read. Then busted out at the last second for, and and that's where you got to be late. You know, you're up ten points. We've been we've been playing zone. We've been keeping the top over the defense, and then those late mistakes are what what were detrimental.
1: Say what though, Chris. One of the things I I don't think people are talking about enough is the state of the Chiefs' offensive line. Yeah, no question. you got to go block Jason Pierre, Paul, say what you want. He's back. This is JPP. Uh, Shaquille Barrett's a franchise player. He got after Aaron Rodgers. Vita Vey is back, and and Dominic and Sue lives for big games. The Buccaneers can rush. They can rush you, man. And without Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle, now you lose Fisher at left tackle. I mean, and then you forget that – Uh, DuVernay Tardif that he opted out at right guard and his backup Coletio Assembly got hurt against us. They're using their third team right guard and two backup tackles. Uh, It's going to be hard to drop back and hold the ball and wait for some of these deep patterns that Richard's talking about. I'm a little concerned about that matchup upon Kansas City, the injuries on their offensive line.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's any question. Plus then you add in their style of offense. Um, is the game went along last time. Uh, Devin White literally had to not chase the running game because of the RPO stuff, right? I mean, it was it's the b- most bizarre thing. You're seeing an outside zone going away from Levante David uh, or, or Devin White. And the linebacker's running the other way because if he doesn't play that that slant in behind him, they're going to throw that all day. So now, you, you know, so how hard is it To rush the passer against this offense that has you running sideways, no matter what you're doing, you're trying to catch the jet sweep, and you're trying. So you watch the pass rushers of Tampa Bay, who really got after people. You know, at times this year, they really they they can get after people, but they're all running sideways, and they're all you know you're you're chasing ghosts. And, And as I was watching the tape, I'm like, who cares if they run for seven yards? Nobody cares. You're not going to get beat by Kansas City if they run for seven yards on that play. And yet you see teams do it all the time.
1: I mean, it's a tough offense to defend. The other thing you got to tell your defensive lineman, and Richard I'm sure has heard this, stay in your lanes. Stay in your lanes because the best thing Kansas City does is they create second reaction plays with this guy Mahomes. I mean, you got to stop the play that Andy Reid, the enemy, called. And it's a good play with great players. But if you stop the play, the guy starts running around, and he can throw the ball left-handed, right-handed, behind his back. You got to mush the rush at times. You got to knock some balls down. How healthy is that toe, that turf toe of Mahomes? If his mobility is restricted and their offensive line is hurt, that's the big concern I have for the Chiefs.
2: I think I think with Jason Pierre-Paul, like you said, and Jack Barrett. I mean, if they're able to generate and just consistently make him uncomfortable all day. And then you need Tom. You need Tom being being efficient, Super Bowl Tom, you know. He can't make the mistakes that he did in the NFC Championship because if he does, game can get away in a different way. You know, their defense is playing well, but I mean, they have some of the best linebackers in football too, um, with Devin White. Um, Devontae, and, David, yeah. Devontae, I mean, and they never get enough credit. You know they never get enough credit because the front's great, they're great, the secondary makes plays. I mean, it's gonna be
0: one of the interesting parts of this is that Kansas City they have good players, uh, on the defensive side, but I, I really felt like it wasn't until they really engaged with the um, with all the the disguises that they do. I mean, they really live and die. There were so many game times in that game when I went back and watched the first Tampa game. Uh, you go, okay, well, that's that's too deep. No, no, that was Cover Zero. Or you go, oh, that's Cover Zero. No, it was too deep. And you go, and so regular season, or early playoffs. You go, okay, that's going to be great. But now you're going against Tom Brady. And do those disguises still have the same impact against the Tom Brady, who has actually seen your defense already once this year?
1: I think, you know, Tom Brady, the greatness in him is his ability to decipher coverages before the ball is snapped. That's what Derek Carr is great at, using dummy snap counts, you know, trying to key and listen. You don't have the crowd noise factor either. So Tom is able to hear the communication and see and and get a lot more information than he usually does. But uh, they have so much defense. Steve Spagnuolo has so many different looks. Uh, it's hard to prepare for. We plan twice a year. you got to prepare for multiple fronts, multiple coverages, multiple disguises. I know I'm using that word multiple. But I'm from Dayton, you see. I'm not from Stanford. Uh, They give you a tremendous amount of looks. And you better not forget about Frank Clark in big games. And you better not make a mistake against Chris Jones. These are two big-time pass rushers. And I like the way they play on the edge. I like these big corners, Rashad Greenland and West. They got the young kids Sneed. They're big. They're in your face. And a honey badger reads a quarterback. A lot like Day Barber did for us. He's a turnover magnet. Uh, and if you get pressure and he can steal a play here or there from you, I agree with Richard. The turnover margin is going to decide this game.
2: It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting because – because Tampa's been able to get away playing two different styles of football. You know, sometimes they lean on, on Tom's back. Sometimes they just run the football well and they make the game short and play good defense, um, live off their turnovers and are opportunistic. And I think that's, you know, one of those things that, that, that you got to do against this offense. If you, if they make Mahomes uncomfortable and they're able to get out to a lead, then it's just about being consistent at that point. It's all, it's about, it's about not letting him backpedal out and slip out for, for one of those bombs that he, that that he's known for now. Um, And I and I think that Tampa has it, especially with their tackles out with their tackles out. It changed the dynamic of the game. I mean, you can you know, they have serviceable tackles as backups, but if their tackles aren't playing this game, it's 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 going to be a different game. And I would guess Andy Reid creates a different game plan, maybe more play action, maybe more misdirection, you know, to slow the D line down and and a few screens because he can play that game, too. That's what makes Andy Reid special, because he has so many – just like you said, Spagnolia, he can uh, change it up. Andy Reid can change it up in a second. You know, I think the first time we played them in 2018, when I, my first year with uh, San Francisco, they freaking ran a, a screen where they faked three screens before they actually threw the middle screen to Kelsey. And it was like the whole defense was covering both screens, and it was just me and Kelsey in the middle of the field in space. It was like, hey, they fake the they, – they faked the uh, jet sweep, they turned – to, to fake the running back screen right they turned to fake the screen left and kelsey was just standing in the middle and he flicked it to him And it was like half the defense is over here half the defense is over here and then kelsey's in the middle wide open and it's like well we had a pass rush and they didn't want the pass rush to get there and they got away from it and i think it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a tactical game and i think if they can't play with the tackles and they don't have the time i think andy Reid will have a plan for that
0: Hey, Richard, you gotta tell them your story about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl on the slant play.
2: Oh my goodness. Oh this, my goodness. This is a good one, John. you will like this one. So they run, they run. We're we're it's two receivers to my side. Tyreek's in in a in a in a normal split, but he's closer to the number. So I know we're we're getting slant. So I'm gonna bail it because I don't feel like stepping with Tyreek because he he's unusually quick. And you know, I'm just not giving myself a chance if I if I try to press a slant and he. He takes it before I even get my step in the ground. So I bail it anticipating the slant. And then I dive in ahead of him. I'm diving in ahead of him thinking, Hey, I got the pick. I'm about to change the game and I'm going to the crib. I mean, he'll probably catch me because he's four 2 but I'm out. So I dive, read the play perfectly mid throw Mahone's like changes the trajectory of the ball. So I'm coming here for the slant. Like we're, we're, me and the ball are going to meet and Tyreek's behind me. He says, ball here and now I overran the play so now I got to stop in my dead in my tracks turn up and like now we me and Tyreek are in space and he does that little hitch move he put a knee on the ground so we got him down but it was like like who the hell is this kid you know I got a pick I read the play I did my work reward me and no no reward you're in the open field with Tyreek good luck
1: you know, I I I tell you the Chiefs—they come out of the locker room, and you see them, and there's Kelsey, and there's Tyreek Hill. Here comes this number seventeen, Hardman. I mean, these guys can run, man. They are really fast. It's like the L.A. Lakers on a fast break with James Worthy back in the day. If I'm Tampa, if I'm Tampa, I I got this guy named Leonard Fournette, and you guys have seen what this guy has done here. He's a 240-pound man now, and the other kid, Jones, he might be as big as Fournette. Uh, they got a right tackle, a first-rounder that can bump you. They got a nasty center. Ali Marpet is a very good, young, emerging guard. Donovan Smith at left tackle. I'd run the ball. I would be committed to running the ball. I know it's all about Brady and PFF and Mahomes and all these great stats. <laughs> I'm going to keep Mahomes right over there on the sideline. I'm going to try to get 34 minutes, 33 minutes of possession time and try to run the ball and be. Really, you know, committed to it because I think Tampa's got a heck of a running game and two big backs. What do you guys think of Fournette and what he's done coming in from Jacksonville team Christmas?
0: You, you know, the other part of it, John, and watching the tape of the first one, when Fournette's in the game, you know, because Kansas City's going to hit you with some weird blitz, right? They're going to send somebody out of the back end, Sorensen. So, somebody's going to hit you with something, Right. And having him in there to pick up that whatever that blitz was made a difference. Uh, Gronkowski's blocking in that first game made a difference uh, in what they were doing. The one I worry about, and I don't know what the relative health of any of these guys are right now, but Aaron Stenney basically has been playing the right guard position. So you know Chris Jones is going to be sitting right on top of him the whole game, right? Somehow you've got to figure out a way to manipulate it and in that first game, Chris Jones really did not show up until the fourth quarter and they started pass rushing a little bit. But you're right, Tampa is much more of a fist fight, duo blocks, let's drive them off the ball, let's play that style, and maybe that is a bit of the process here.
1: I think so. I, I, and again, you know, you want to keep Mahomes over there on the sideline. You don't want to give them a lot of three and out, a lot of opportunities, but you know, Tom Brady, I think it's been said, he's pretty experienced in these big games. Uh, I can't wait for the Super Bowl 55. It's in Tampa. I'm heading home uh, on Wednesday. I'm anxious to see my family and see this game.
0: You, uh, of course, you're the guy. You're the, forever the legend, the first one to win the Super Bowl in Tampa. And does it tug on the heartstrings just a little bit when you go back in that stadium and you – did a feel for those guys and see your own name on the stadium wall up there? Does it Does it still tug on you a little bit?
1: Yeah, it sure does. I got great memories, great friends there at Tampa. I'd like to just compliment Jason Light, the general manager, uh, Chris, and, and the Glazier family. I mean, they did a lot of great things hiring Bruce Arians and giving Bruce Arians and Jason Light the uh, ability to go get Tom Brady. Hey, Tom Brady, go get Ron, Rob Gronkowski. pay hey, Tom, uh, Rob Gronkowski. Go get Jason Pierre-Paul. Go get Shaquille Barrett. Make him the franchise player. He's drafted well. They've gone in free agency and brought in some really good players. Uh, so you got to give a lot of people credit, but the Glazier Flint family, they're first class, and uh, they know how to win championships, and, manner, they've proven it right now.
0: Well, uh, Match.com, if nothing else on this show, we did set up Match.com, and I feel good about this relationship. There's a certain bond that I can feel already starting to develop here, and I can't wait to see the Las Vegas Raiders with a few fans in the stands next year hoisting that Lombardi trophy, and maybe Richard can get the first kiss on the trophy.
2: (laughs) That'd be a fantastic way to go about it.
1: Thanks for having me on, you guys. I, I big fan of both of years and uh I love guys that love football and, and keep it up, man. Fans love
0: you guys. The I great John Gruden. There you go. Richard, final words.
2: Well, it was great, great having you on, coach. Um I think it's gonna be a great game. Um who you who you going with, Chris? I'm going with I down.
0: think I am going to go, Oh God, I I just watched, I watched the tape of it. If you watch the first half, there's no way you don't pick Kansas City. You watch the second half and you go, oh, Tom Brady and that, they kind of got some things figured out. Somehow, some way, Tom Brady wins these games and he's been to 10 of them. I, I, I just think I have to go with Tampa. They're at home. Don't
1: forget, first team in the history of the Super Bowl to play at their home. I'm anxious to see. Uh, I'm anxious to see Mahomes and Tom Brady go square, square head on. No, you you can't ask for much more in Super Bowl Fifty Five. You guys enjoy it.
2: Yeah, you can't. You couldn't have drawn it up better. Um, I I can't go against t- touchdown time in the Super Bowl. You know, obviously I lost to both of them in the Super Bowl, so got the worst kind of experiences. But I mean, he's he's six for ten right now. You know, and that's you gotta you gotta take those odds.
0: John, thank you, man. You're the best. All right, guys. Appreciate you having me. See you soon. You, all right, well, moving on now, the 55th big game is this weekend, 5-5. And the big game deserves a big prize, not just some trophy to finish off this incredible football season. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. I love their uh, promotions. All you need to do is use promo code PFF at sign up. And then I guess you'll have to find out something other than football to bet after that. And I'm sure Sportsbook and DraftKings Sportsbook app will accommodate you there with
2: that as well.
0: George, what say you about all this stuff? Because we're going to give people these great prop bets and I can't wait to get into this. I'm keeping score. You and I are going mano a mano.
3: Going mano mano here. Yeah, no, I that's the thing that the Super Bowl is like the great game to bet on cuz you got all the props and you can obviously bet the game, the spread or the total, but I will say this and DraftKings has some of these rolling in already. Uh the draft is a great opportunity to place prop bets as well. So, Go, go download the, the app now. It's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code PFF. I have to read this. And I'm going to read it as well as I've ever read it all season right now.
0: Pressure's on. Super Bowl weekend. You
3: must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge for more details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Colorado, 1-800-522-4700.
0: Yeah, I have, a, I have a gambling problem. I can't ever beat you in the picks, but this is my week.
2: <laughs> I've actually
0: done, the, I've researched these teams. You always have the advantage because you always get to watch all the games. Right. I am studying one game, but this is my week right here. I this am is, ready
3: for you. This is your week. You got me. Now, um, the, there's a, there are a few props that I really like, but why don't we touch on where you're at with the, the game overall. It's still bucks plus three, on DraftKings Sportsbook, It'll, it might flip between three, three and a half, but the, it's about the same because of the price you're going to pay. Total of 56 and a half. Um, how are you feeling about it? You, you, you took Tom Brady and the Bucks, so I, I'm guessing that's not changing now.
0: Hey, home dog. I, I don't know much about gambling, but I know that <laughs> phrase. You got a home dog in the Super Bowl. The first time that's ever happened. And I I do think there's enough concern. Uh, We talked to John Gruden Mm -hmm. about this, uh, obviously, but Mike Remmers, my understanding now is that he's flipping over to play left tackle. Eric Mm -hmm. Fisher's out. And I honestly don't even know who's playing right tackle uh, in this game now for Kansas city. Um, But Jason Pierre, Paul Shaq Barrett on the outside, I tell you, and Dominic and Sue flashed a little bit with a pass rush in the first time. Mm these two teams uh, matched up as well so I, I do think i do think kansas city has some issues that they have to solve and i really felt like as we talked about in that podcast that there was something that worked i remember richard a couple of weeks ago said believe me there's something that they got out of that tape that worked mm-hmm. i was like all right i'm going to take my vacation time here i'm going to study this thing and they did when they went zone defense in the red zone the Chiefs really didn't have an answer for it. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I, we watched that game
3: as well. And, you know, they could have scored. It ended up being 27-24. But there was a Michael Hardman play that he dropped yeah. when he got in the middle. That, so that seam they, route was wide open for a 90-yarder. Yeah, he would, have, he would have torched him. But I agree with you in that all of the plays, I kept expecting the Chiefs offense to be really consistently moving the ball down the field but you're right it was big plays that's how they scored and if they didn't get the big play for a score there was some stagnation there and i i just wonder if andy reed with 2 weeks to prepare having already beaten this defense once is just going to be too much to overcome even with the offensive line issues because they've had offensive line issues now for a little while and you've seen what they've done with mahomes he had an average depth of target uh, in the championship game of like five yards, which is unheard of. It's almost half of what it normally is, but they were still explosive. They were attacking the shorter routes with quick throws. Um, but it's, it's worrisome to me that almost everyone I'm talking to besides you likes the chiefs minus three. That concerns me a little bit.
0: And it um, should, cause I'm terrible yeah. at this. Yeah.
3: Okay. But there's also this, and I don't know if Mahomes has some of this too with him but with Brady it just feels like crazy shit happens for him.
0: <laughs> you, know? I, you know that's my problem is I go into this game I go okay am I going to feel dumber if I pick against Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl playing right. at home and and he wins and or am I going to feel dumber when I look back on this in 10 years and go I picked against Patrick Mahomes in his first two Super Bowls. How stupid am I? Right. And, and I I thought that Patrick was nervous in last year's Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. I was down on the field as he came out on the field. He had so much energy, a lot of his decisions early, some of those interceptions, he just didn't look like himself. Uh, And of course the 49ers had a tremendous pass rush coming after him. Um, But, I didn't feel like he really got into the game until the fourth quarter. I'm going to guess that's not the issue this time. I think he'll settle right into this game. Doesn't mean they're they're automatically going to win, but I don't think he'll have the 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 first Super Bowl jitters this year that he had a season ago. But before I I'm give you my pick, real quick,
3: the home dog that you mentioned, do you have a sense like home field advantage really hasn't shown up this year almost at all? And – this game, obviously, with the seats that are being, you know, the tickets that are being given away. It's not necessarily just going to be Tampa Bay fans. How much do you think that plays into it?
0: A lot. Um, because teams aren't used to playing in front of fans. And the couple of games, like in Buffalo, that we did, where they, they even had 6,700 fans in the stands. But they could impact the game. They impacted the raw emotion of the game. And I think it was exacerbated by the fact that there had been no fans. So from a broadcast standpoint, it was fantastic to have some energy back in the building. Mm -hmm. But from a player standpoint, you felt that uplift that home fans can provide you. And I think you're right that the great majority of these seats are going to be filled by people cheering for Tampa. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. 25,000 is a lot more than what we've seen in any stadium this year.
3: Yes. It was so many that I thought maybe I could sneak in, but, I, uh, you know, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna happen for me. Um, the, uh, the chiefs minus three is where I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a chance to make up a little ground on me here. If you That's win good. this one.
0: Cause you just keep covering my bets after my bad start. That's all right. you've been doing so far.
3: Right. Exactly. Um, and I'm going to go, I've already bet the over a couple of times. I bet it at 56, it's 56 and a half. I have a hard time seeing Mahomes Brady, not ending with a ton of points. I just, after the whole year we've had, we deserve to see them score some touchdowns and I think that's going to happen. So I'll go chiefs in the over. You've got the bucks
0: uh, plus three. Do we want to talk some prop bets now? You know what? I am going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue the other side of this okay. just for the sake of arguing. It. I'm going to take the under in this one. Okay. And I, I think the fact that the, they the Chiefs won't get the freebies in the man coverage. They won't see Carlton Davis one-on-one against Tyreek Hill in this one. Uh, I don't think, um, you know, they're obviously you can't avoid it the whole game, but I, I don't think that'll be true. Uh, their offensive line obviously is going to have some issues uh, with that. And I do think there's something to what John Gruden said about, keeping Patrick Mahomes on the bench, I, I think there's a chance that you see a consistent run game coming from Tampa uh, in this one. And maybe it milks the clock a little bit. Maybe, you know, like, like I would love if I were Bruce Arians to get this game to the fourth quarter with Tom Brady having a chance to win it, right? And so I, it would not surprise me if that were the game plan. Because I do think that Kansas City's corners were able to play pretty tough in man coverage Mm. against Mike Evans. Now Evans scored two touchdowns late in that game, uh, but for the most part, they did pretty well against him when when they were playing man coverage, which opens up some blitz options uh, for Spagnuolo and the defense. I, I think you make a good point, which is what Bruce
3: Arians wants to do. I would be interested to see if he's willing to kick field goals though, because we saw the Packers try and do that and they obviously lost the bucks. I I think they've got to be a little more aggressive. And here's my first prop bet for you, which is I think there's a chance it's a little slower to start the game out. Okay. I could see that happening. You got Leonard Fournette establishing himself as playoff Lenny, that whole thing. Maybe the, the chiefs are a little jittery to start. Who knows? But in the second half, I think the scoring will open up. So The quarter totals are interesting in the third quarter. You can bet over 10 points scored total in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, you can bet over 14 and a half. So you combine those two, um, I actually think it's 10 and a half. So you combine those two, it's 25 total on the game is 56. I think far more than half the points in this game are scored in the second half. So I'm betting both of those quarter overs, uh, do you think that's possible?
0: 10 points in the third quarter is all it is? Yeah, I think it's 10 and a half, actually. Ooh. I'm looking at it now, yeah. Can I just go? I just want that one. Okay. Can I just get that one? All right, so I have three that. now. I'm taking Tampa, and I get the points. Mm-hmm. I've got the under. Yep. And I've got the third quarter. Third quarter over. Okay, here we go. Okay.
3: Now I've got a couple more for you here. So this, one right. is, this one's tough, okay? Mahomes is fantastic, but his passing yardage prop is 325 yards, 25 and a half yards. That's a lot. It's one of the highest we've seen all season. Um, So our props tool on pff.com, which by the way, if you are not using it, I don't know what you're doing because how could you make sense of all these props without it, um, likes this one on the under. So it's a little bit of a contrarian play because everyone loves to bet overs. Everyone thinks Mahomes is fantastic. But that's a lot of passing yards. His offensive line is banged up. You figure they don't want to give up the big play. I would expect some PI penalties if they do throw deep. Like they're not giving Tyreek Hill
0: free, free reign in this game. I will definitely take under 325. I mean, it, 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 it just makes sense with everything else I'm picking. Yep. Right. If I'm picking Tampa to win and I'm picking the under and I'm picking. The third quarter is the only over that I like. And Mahomes, under if he goes for 325, they're probably winning the game and it's going over. So, you know, I there you go. I'm staying with my theme. You've
3: got to stick to your thesis there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next one I've got for you is Mike Evans, another under here. Mike Evans under four and a half receptions, and that's uh, minus 120. Now, the thinking here is Evans has been a, uh, he catches few, not too many passes. But they're usually in the end zone. <laughs> like he's been a touchdown monster. So four and a half is actually kind of a biggish number. And they've got obviously Chris Godwin. They've got uh, maybe Antonio Brown coming back. We've seen Scotty Miller. We know Gronk, the whole deal. So under four and a half receptions for big Mike Evans.
0: Um, I could see it. You know who I think is going to be a factor in this game? Cameron Bright. Ooh. Cameron Bray in the second half and he's a better route runner than Gronkowski mm-hmm. he's faster he's more athletic he's in and out of his cuts he started catching some balls uh, late in that game um, you know Scotty Miller has to have some people's attention right now all yeah. right um, I, I don't I, I'm gonna guess Antonio Brown is iffy to come mm-hmm. back in this one but we just don't know the only thing I don't like about Oh gosh, four and a half feels heavy to me too. Because I thought they covered him pretty well. It, it's yeah. stupid to say that for a guy that scored two touchdowns, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it anyway. If you take out the two touchdowns, they did a great job of covering Mike Evans in the game. <laughs> if that makes any sense at all, that's that's the way it went.
3: Yeah, I mean he's got to catch five for you to lose this. So, um, so that's one. Okay, now I've got uh, I've got some Brady props for you. There we go. You're talking about Tom Brady here. So first is everyone likes to talk about Tom Brady throwing the ball. I want to talk about Tom Brady running the ball two and a half carries I'm going under. Okay. Here's why that would require some kneel downs at the end of the game. This is too classic of a super bowl for it to end with multiple Tom Brady kneel downs. Um, I want it. If it's Tom Brady winning, I want it to end with a last second uh, touchdown drive. So under two and a half carries, um, and that also means that you're probably not expecting a ton of sneak opportunities. So I'm also going to bet over one half rushing yard. Cause I think he gets one sneak opportunity and this man is not going to leave that, you know, one opportunity, just languishing on the sideline. He's going to make the most of it and get at least one rushing yard. All
0: right. I'm, I'm, I'm over the two and a half. You're over the two and a half. Cause okay. I'm taking the kneel down. You're taking the, the kneel, kneel down. And right. I'm taking at least one quarterback sneak.
3: Yeah, so yeah, at, at least the yeah. so the the rushing over is plus 155, which means you bet 100, you win 155. So you're getting nice, what they call juice there, which I like quite a bit. I like juice. That's good. And the last Brady prop I have, I think you'll like this one too. over two and a half passing touchdowns, plus 125. Um, so you just need just need three from TB12.
0: I'm gonna pass on that one. You're I'm a little just, worried about winter for pass. now. I'm passing on that one because I, I I I tend to think this is gonna be I I think the Bucks have a chance to be more physical up front mm. uh than Kansas City. And if they are, then we might get some rushing touchdowns we might not otherwise expect in this game. I am
3: here for the Tom Brady uh sticks it to Bill Belichick. Uh theme in this game where he throws Is that like a prop bet touchdowns. too.
0: Yeah. Can I prop bet
3: that one? Is that a prop bet? Yeah. Will they show Bill Belichick uh, crying in new England or on his yacht um, somewhere during this game? But uh, I just love betting over Tom Brady passing touchdowns at plus money. So I've been doing that all season and I have one more for you. This is my kind of long shot bet. It's plus 600. So six to one. First touchdown scored by Travis Kelsey. Wow. And my, my reasoning here is that um, I like Andy Reed scripted plays coming off a two weeks rest and Travis Kelsey, 93.5 PFF grade, highest grade of his career, highest graded tight end. He's having a hell of a year The bucks are not letting Tyreek Hill beat them. So this is going to be a little Travis Kelsey special, maybe one of those shovel passes that uh, Mahomes has been throwing. And uh, it pays six to one. So, Well,
0: what what are the odds on Mahomes catching the first one? Because in that first game, they tried that reverse with Kelsey throwing the pass back Mm -hmm. to Mahomes, and Carl Davis knocked it down. So I bet you that one's about 40 to one, something like that. You know what's
3: great, Chris? You can go at pff.com to the player props tool, and you can find out where we have the value on that particular prop. There you go.
0: I'm, there I'm you go the all right well i'm 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 gonna pass on that one too so okay. i've got i've got enough to overtake you if tom brady and In the playoffs, has a big day and he he turns into walter payton running the football then then i can win
3: yeah well look we have a very good counting system here there's no fraudulent counting of picks happening anywhere
0: yeah as long as you're winning none of these counts ever took place until you started winning No, that's not true. The
3: very first time we did this, I remember you came in on your high horse because you had beaten me. uh, And I think you might have been a percentage point or half percentage point ahead of me. And as the Jordan meme goes, I took that very personally.
0: Well, the good news is I can't lose. Either I win and I get to make fun of you, or I lose and you win. And this is your job to make these picks and the company does better. So I can't lose. I'm happy. There you go. Plus, you're in Florida right now. So you can't lose uh it's the weather's a little dicey it's supposed oh, to be no. about 62 game time is that right so, i think so yeah and there's a chance
3: a chance for a little bit of wind so we'll see there's been a lot of bit of wind down here lately yeah. so it, how does that is that helping or hurting the golf game
0: um it's helped it because it's kept me inside <laughs> <laughs> all right georgie well we will see you uh, next week and we'll talk all about this big super bowl matchup can't
3: wait enjoy chris